to welcome you to the Reformed Informants. This is a podcast devoted to biblical exposition, systematic theology, and practical application for the good of the church. I'm Lance Burroughs, along with TJ Darty, and we are the Reformed Informants. Technical difficulties all over the map. Took us a while to get going, but we're finally we're finally in. Uh, we're ready. We're, we're ready. plugged in. Ready to go. It is Monday. What is today's date? Sixteenth. Monday the sixteenth. Yep. Um. And we've got a special episode we're about to put together, right? Yeah. You want to kind of take us through what we're going to do, and then we'll make some preliminary comments. Sure. And then we'll get into it. Yeah, so um, title of today's episode, um, unfortunately, if many of you are aware, but um, this is the tragedy of suicide. We're discussing um, kind of the thing that prompted this was Jared Wilson, um, an American pastor out in California. He's at Harvest uh, Christian Fellowship. Um, Greg Laurie is the, the senior pastor there. I believe that um, Jared did uh, maybe young adults ministry there. Um, but he tragically took his life um, a week ago today. And uh, he was 30. He left behind his wife, Julie. They had two uh, little boys. And, uh, man, it's just, it's heavy. It's um, our hearts break, you know, and we we have such sympathy. And, uh, man, I, I can't even imagine the the heartache that that family is enduring right now. And then, of course, his, he had a ministry um called Anthem of Hope that was specifically dedicated to people who were struggling with depression, people who contemplated suicide. So he was he had struggled with this for a long time and he had devoted an entire arm of his ministry to this. He wrote a few books. Um and man, I don't know, it's just it's it's hard. And so we're we're gonna uh, attempt the best we can to kind of speak to this and respond to this and um what else do we need to say about that? Yeah, of course our our hearts uh, go out to the family, um, wife and kids, and immediate family, mm-hmm. extended family, in, anybody involved in the situation. Our hearts, of course, our prayers as well, uh, go out to that. Um, and we want to be mindful of that and uh, considerate of the situation. Also, I, I think as we begin to work our way into the episode, this episode isn't geared toward towards addressing his particular situation okay right mm-hmm. it like you said uh, just just a minute ago uh, what took place prompted us doing this episode to maybe kind of flush out what the Bible says about suicide in particular so we're not here to point fingers we're not here um, to assess his spiritual condition or his spiritual right. life uh, all, all of that stuff. Uh, not in an insensitive way is irrelevant to right. to what we're talking about, right? Because I think a, a lot of times the inquisitive nature we just we want answers, we want to know. Um, I had somebody text me and ask me, "Is is Jared Wilson in heaven?" And knowing I couldn't answer that, I mean that, but that's just part of we we have that desire. We want to know the answers. We want to know what caused him to do this, and how does God see this, and how do we respond to this, and so. Um, yeah, we just we just want to have a conversation related to these these issues because the sad reality, and we'll talk about this here more uh, in just a moment about how prominent and how prevalent suicide really is. And um, as we were thinking about this episode and preparing it, my heart also goes out to those who um, have lost people because mm. that's what happens is is suicide gets thrust into the news when a prominent person, whether it's in Christianity or in Hollywood or whatever else. And many of those who have been wounded by suicide are reminded of this. And I know people uh, very close to me who have suffered greatly because of suicide. Um, I have people in my family who have struggled with and threatened suicide. And it's it's heavy. It's weighty. So when you hear that word, it triggers um, a lot of emotion for a lot of people. And so we, we want to be sensitive to that. We want to we approach this very seriously. Um, but we think it's a necessary conversation. And we're, we're going to try to, um, as best we can, try to just walk through uh, the way to think about this from a biblical mindset. Yeah. And, and we're not trying to assess Jared's heart yeah. or assess anybody else's heart that happened to have committed suicide or again things that you mentioned or thought about it or attempted it or whatnot this isn't we're not, we're not here to assess hearts because 
I, I can't assess right in anybody's heart. Only God knows the heart. Scripture is clear on that. Um, so Which from just like we would we would say that about anybody who doesn't commit suicide, we yeah. can't see anybody's yeah. heart. We can do. I know we had the the episode we did on Josh Josh Harris, and we talked about um, apostasy, and we got so much uh, criticism from those who listened to thirty seconds of us saying a couple of things. And so we we don't know. Um, we don't know the hearts of those who are in this position, just like we don't know anybody else's. So yeah, um, I don't think this changes that. No, yeah, you're you're right. It doesn't at all. We're trying to lay out what Scripture says objectively, right? We, we want to know what the Bible says and speaks, and what God has to say on on this on this issue. And you just commented on it. Uh, look, if you're going to listen to the episode. We want you to listen to all the episode, mm-hmm. clicking around and fast-forwarding and moving around and listening to bits and pieces and then making a comment or even making a judgment or um, you know, criticizing us without listening to an hour's worth of material just isn't fair. Uh, so we want to approach this in a fair way, yeah. um, laying out what Scripture says from Genesis to Revelation, you yeah. know, if we can, uh, on the issue. No agenda. No. Uh, no smear campaign. Uh, yeah, we, we just want to relay what God says. That's good. We're, we're not attempting to, um, just as we begin to launch into some of the content here, we don't want to make a judgment about Jared Wilson. We don't want to make a judgment about anybody else. We're not uh, downplaying or, uh, like you mentioned, we don't want this to be a smear campaign on, oh, if this person's committed suicide, let's talk about how bad that is for these reasons. We're, we're just going to look at it from a biblical perspective. And Let me also just say this. If you happen to stumble across this or maybe you listen every week and you struggle with suicide, you struggle with these thoughts, um, or you know someone who, who, who does, we don't have those answers for you. Go seek help. I mean, I can't say that enough. Seek help. Um, find somebody. Confide in somebody. Um, get the necessary professional help to uh, address what may be going on because that's beyond the scope and the intentions of what we're trying to do here. We're not trying to be able to answer those questions more so. We're just trying to look at what the Bible has to say um, related to this topic. Um, yeah, no, that's uh, that's good. Um so, I mean, that's a good segue into uh, kind of getting into some statistics and a formal definition, and then we'll start rolling yeah. uh, through the scriptures here. So shout out again to TJ for putting together a thick episode guide. We've got a lot of material, like so much so that, I mean, we could turn this into a little mini-series of maybe one, two, even even three episodes um, but we'll try and condense and narrow down to the main points that we need to touch on. And uh, Lord willing, it'll, it'll, it'll be helpful. Yep. So you want to take us through uh, just a few statistics sure. and then maybe a, a formal definition and then, and then we'll start rolling. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, you know, when Lance and I discussed, should we have this episode? Should we, should we be another? Because there's just so many voices. You know, we had the same conversation about Josh Harris. Do we really want to enter into... Uh, the same conversation that everybody else seems to have. Um, there's so many helpful um, articles and, and podcasts out there that have discussed this and some that are not helpful. Um, but part of the reason why I think that we settled on let's have this conversation is just because of how prevalent the issue of suicide is and how it's not really spoken of because it's kind of one of those things that um, nobody likes to talk about. I'll admit I'm not excited about having this conversation um, the same way that I get excited about having other theological discussions with you. Um, you know, that's just kind of the nature of the yeah. beast. Um, but it's prevalent. Um, in fact, it was really shocking to me just in the United States alone. Um, some estimates suggest that there are up to a million suicide attempts each year. Mm. Um, and every single source that I looked at said that whatever the estimate says, the number is actually low because many um, suicides or suicide attempts are made to look like accidents on purpose. And so there are many numbers that aren't jumped in or lumped into that total because we just don't realize that somebody was attempting to take their life. It looks like a one-car accident um, on the side of the road, but really that person had intentions of killing themselves. Um, More than 50,000 people on an average year in the United States will in fact successfully commit suicide. And it's, it's as high as the 10th leading cause of death in the U S um, really sobering to think about Mm. all the, the ways in which people might, um, pass away 
and number 10 on the list is they take their own lives. And so um, uh, I think that's a, a, a really the, – the only way I can think of describing it is the word tragedy. I mean, it, it is a tragedy. It and is. So um, what is suicide? Let me just give us a definition, and then we'll jump into um, many you know helpful discussions, hopefully, about this. Uh, but suicide, um, the, the word was actually coined in 1651, and it literally means to kill oneself. Um, of course, that seems self-explanatory, but it's to purposefully take one's own life. And um, I think that having that definition in front of us will launch into a couple of discussion points. Like, what, what, what might we need to um, distinguish between um, when, we come, when we come to the issue of taking someone's life or to kill oneself? How would, how would we want to kind of clarify that a little bit? Yeah, we're a Christian podcast that talks about the gospel, so one may immediately from the outset think about Jesus Christ and his sacrifice or his willingness to give up his own life. Right. Okay, so some could probably label that and probably have labeled that, well, that's Jesus just committing yeah. suicide. Yeah, it's a divine suicide where he lays himself down right. and lets them kill him. No, we, we would we would disagree with that. Um, Why is uh, that? How would how would we distinguish? Well, one, I think we could immediately disagree with that because what Jesus Christ is doing isn't inflicting death upon himself um, out of any other reason than to fully glorify and fulfill the plan of God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's at least one initial thought. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, Jesus says that he lays his life down, um, but it, it was a passive, right? It wasn't an active sense of I'm taking my own life. Rather, he lays his life down in the place of others. Um, and I think there's a distinction to be made there. I mean, you really, Yeah, because then he says he will take it up again. Right. So it's an active resurrection. That's right. That's from John 10 when, yep. he, when he makes that statement. Um, other forms of self-sacrifice, like somebody who says that um, they would give up an organ for a child so that they could... So that's not suicide. That's, that's laying down a life um, so that somebody else can take theirs up. Uh, or maybe military service. If I say I'm going to sacrifice, uh, I'm willing to die for my country, that's not I'm taking my own life and killing myself. Um but rather it's a submission to something greater than myself. Um, there's a difference there. Um, so there are categorical differences here. Absolutely. We're talking about completely different issues that's right. here, that's completely not a, different categories. That's good. I'm glad you said that. That's not a type of suicide. Yeah. It's a different category altogether. To lay down one's life to, um, you know, if somebody says, I'm going, I mean, what, is, what does Paul do? I mean, he's going out onto the missions field, and and, and many of the uh, apostles gave their lives to the gospel. They were killed for that. They knew what they were getting into. Paul knew when I leave and get on this ship, I'm not coming back. But it wasn't a, I'm going to kill myself and take my own life away. It was a, I'm giving my life up for the benefit of somebody else. And, um, and, 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 and in that sense, the giving life up for, like you're talking with the apostles in Acts or... Uh, with Jesus Christ, it's it's not it's not reckless. That's good, right? It mm-hmm. is not reckless living that leads up to that point. I would also add to that it is still a submission to the sovereignty of God, sure. right? Like this is a a trust in the divine plan, knowing that my days might be numbered because God has a purpose. Um, for allowing somebody to kill me or allowing uh, me if I were to get sick because I'm ministering to those who have leprosy or you know whatever else like some of the uh, right. early min- uh, ministries uh, included I mean those things are I'm still submitting to God's sovereignty in this and saying I trust God that if he chooses to spare me great and if he chooses not to great I trust him in this yeah. um, as yeah. opposed to saying I'm going to take my own life I'm take I'm now taking myself out from underneath the sovereignty of God and putting myself in control. Right. So, yeah. So explain for us um, what, what is meant by a moral difference um, in terms of like psychological factors or okay. a chemical imbalance or, you know, being diagnosed with clinical depression. Yeah. Well, what, what do we do 
with that particular category and how do, how do we speak on that? Okay, so what you said earlier was really helpful when you mentioned categorical difference, right, between those who uh, lay down their lives um, for the good of others in the sense of I'm willing to die and actually taking my life. Now, within the category of suicide and those taking somebody who takes their own life and actively commits suicide, we would still distinguish between those two and say that within that category, there are two types of suicide. There's the one who is fully functioning, fully aware, um, and who is intentionally escaping. So maybe um, my life, I I have to declare bankruptcy and my life is falling into shambles and I was, uh, you know, a man was cheating on his wife and all this stuff comes crumbling down. I don't want to deal with it. Easy way out. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the, the highest level uh, of moral responsibility. Now down the ladder a little bit, still still under the category of suicide, still going to be in the biblical understanding of what suicide is, but also a little bit more compassionate, more understanding. We see somebody who says, hey, you're struggling with clinical, clinically diagnosed depression. Uh, you have a chemical imbalance, you're, uh, or perhaps maybe there's something wrong with your mental state. There's something that's not right. And the person who commits suicide in that sense is not held to the same level of accountability as somebody who isn't. Does that make sense, kind of Man, that, that distinction? Yeah, that's clear. And that's why we're being extremely careful when we talk about this issue because there are a lot of factors that, right. that can weigh in on every individual circumstance and situation. That's right. And we can't make blanket statements yeah, yeah. because of that. I think that's that's a good point, just that there's so many factors, so many things at play, which is why we can't begin to speak into Jared's particular case. We can't begin to speak into any particular case because we simply don't know. Um, now, with that being said, we are now going to let's let's look at some of the the biblical content around suicide. Um, what does the Bible actually say about it? But we we do still want to be be clear here in that even the even the chemical imbalance, even the altered mental state, that's that still doesn't mean suicide is okay. Right. Right. Like yeah. like we want to be that's careful. Good. I, I'm not. I, I don't want to say, "Hey, get your act together." Why would you do this? But at the same, because I want there's compassion, there's there's a sensitivity, and there's a there's a real diagnosable issue right. in some people. Um, but there's still responsibility. Yeah, it's not. At this point in the episode, I hope it hasn't been portrayed like it's just a free for all. You know, when, right. when it comes to this, because like you said, yes, we need to be absolutely compassionate. Yes, it. Um, there's categorical differences, but that doesn't mean this is all just up in the air and we can't build a case for suicide. Right. In fact, I I think we can. Yeah. Build, build a great case for what God says about it. Right. So, so we're gonna do that. Yeah. Where Where would you go first when we start to talk about suicide? Um, before we even get to maybe some of the examples of actual suicides that occur in Scripture. Um, where would you go to kind of help launch this discussion about the Bible speaking to the issue of, of suicide? Yeah, I like what you have here. Um, I think it's a great way to lead into looking into the scriptures to start with Jesus. Was he tempted in any way to commit suicide? Yeah, that's interesting. I don't, I've read my Bible cover to cover a lot of times, and I don't remember seeing Jesus and suicide in the same verse. What, yeah, how would you I would that? say. <laughs> The amount of times that I've thought about Jesus and suicide in the same sentence, I probably just started today. Right, yeah, like same. When we're like reviewing right. uh, the episode guide or whatnot. But was Jesus tempted in any way, form, or fashion at any point in his life to commit suicide? And I think what you have listed here um, would be a pretty clear-cut case. Jesus is being tempted by uh, Satan in uh, the wilderness, Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4. Um, and uh, how, how does Satan approach Jesus in that situation to tempt him with this? Well, you've got it open, so you tell me. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you I'm, want me to I'm go to verses up. or whatnot. No, I'm catching up to you. Um, well, we've got a lot of issues going on here. You know, basically, we've got Satan commanding Jesus to turn stones into bread, so we're dealing here with issues of the flesh and hunger. And then later on, I'm in Matthew chapter 4, so if you're in Matthew chapter 4, you can go down to verse uh, verse 5 and 6. Uh, 
and Satan is basically asking Jesus to throw himself off of uh, the pinnacle of the temple mm-hmm. because uh, because angels are going to come save you. Right. 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 That's the situation. And then, of course, um, Satan is tempting Jesus and testing him, and Jesus is going to respond back with Scripture. But really, when you get down to the core of it, what, what is Satan tempting him to do? Jump off the top of the temple. Yeah. Like, test God that he'll save you. And if he doesn't, then he's, he's you're going to kill yourself. Right. And so it, it may not be straightforward you know, suicidal, like, language and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But that's what, that's kind of, Satan tempts Jesus to do this very thing. Right. Um, Which I think is very foundational to how we address this. And, of course, Jesus says no, rejects that. Um, Well, I mean, this is, this is classic coming from Satan because John 8, 44 says he's a murderer from the beginning. So any which way that he can get murder done he, he's going to try and present that opportunity, and That's this right. is just one of those ways here. That's right. Um, and another example um, that I think of from the New Testament, um, Acts chapter 16. Um, we walked through this a little bit when we did our episode on Philippians 4.13. We walked through Acts 16 to set the stage because the Philippian jailer, you remember the story, uh, Paul and Silas are in prison, the earthquake comes, um, their chains are broken, and the jailer, seeing that the prisoners have been released, yeah. he says he draws a sword as if to kill himself. And thankfully, Paul says, "Stop! Don't do that. We're all still here." Um, but the jailer, in that sense, that he was he was committing suicide for the very reason that we mentioned earlier, because. I'm going to die anyway. My life is now in shambles. My one job, <laughs> I, I have, yeah. I'm running this jail, and all the prisoners have escaped. So why why suffer needlessly? I'll just end it right now. That's what he was going to do. Now, Paul stops him, providence of God. He hears the gospel. He comes to faith in Christ, um, his family also. Um, so this terrific story of redemption and hope and um, all these things happen because he does not actually commit suicide, but he's going to in Acts chapter 16. Yeah, I think we get a little insight even from the Apostle Paul in verse 28 when Paul says, do not harm yourself. That's right. Right? I th- there's some there's some implications um, from that verse, at least that we can entail um, Paul's view on the, in any type of self-infliction, any, any type of bodily harm. He talks about that elsewhere in the New Testament, but this, I think this is a clear example, just even in the narrative of Paul saying, "Whoa, oh, do not harm your body. That's right. Do not be this extreme, etc." Yeah, no, that's good. Um, one other um, point worth mentioning is if you'll turn ahead to the next one. Yeah, I'm so going to turn to Revelation. Yeah, I see you going there to Revelation. Yeah. But before you get there, let me also mention um, that in the Old Testament, I think this is interesting that many of God's uh, prophets became so uh, frustrated, might be the right word, but overwhelmed, um, they they wanted to die. And so they asked God to kill them. Moses says this, Elijah uh, famously, right? Like he says, I, I and I alone am left. I'm the only one here. Hmm. Just take my life. Uh, Jonah and his great... Um, whining chapter in chapter four and he just talks about how miserable it is and he just he wishes he is never born i mean this this theme job says these things uh, oh that i had never even been born onto the earth i mean there's a, a plea that god would take them they don't want to be alive um, and so there's a, a a theme through some of these leaders and some of these prophets to say if i had it my way i wouldn't live anymore mm. um, and they plead to god that he would take that he would take their lives. Right. Um, now, that's not suicide, obviously, but it is suicidal thoughts. It is suicidal. Uh, there, there's a temptation. There's a struggle. Mm. There's an internal um, reality happening there. And so we see that this is actually prevalent even among some of the people who are closest to God. I think that's worth noting. Yeah, I mean, you're, notable names. Moses, yeah, right. Elijah, yeah, Jonah. Yeah, these, right? are, these are God's chosen big instruments. To, I mean, we're, we're talking about um, key leaders and prophets um, in the Old Testament who are um, pleading with God that they might not live any longer. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of that. Yeah, the, there's an example in the book of Revelation at some point in the tribulation period 
uh, Revelation chapter 9 records a plague of locusts that are harming unbelievers. That's in chapter 9, verse 5. But in verse 6, it says that those unbelievers that are being affected by the locusts for a five-month period, it says some of those men will seek death and they won't find it and they will desire to die, but death will flee from them. I mean, it seems like a temptation of the flesh is to maybe behave this way and to maybe do this. I think it's another clear-cut yep. example in uh, the future of Revelation 9 of right. people that are that are wanting to commit suicide, people that are wanting to die because of external circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, n- let's jump in now to the actual examples of suicide that's being committed. But before we do that, let me ask a quick question. Of those examples that we just looked at, is suicide ever viewed in a positive way in the pages of Scripture from what we've looked at so far? Have I mean, we seen we've looked that at positively? A, I mean, we've looked at a handful, and it doesn't seem that there are any positive tones or even any undertones that would suggest that it's to be looked at in a positive light. I, I think that's well said. Um, I would say that there's a there's a, some sense in which people want to argue that suicide might be honorable mm. or that there might be um, a great strength or even an, a, a deserved, um, like, like we have the right to do that because we own our own bodies. But even from what we've seen so far, there's just, the, you'd have to really work hard, I think, to pull that out because the language seems to suggest, like you mentioned with Paul in Acts 16, don't do yourself any harm. Right. And what happens to him after that? He comes to faith in Christ, he and his family also. So the implication there being that the killing himself, the negative, the that that carries the fleshly, worldly, satanic desire, yeah. right? And God's redemptive plan is the opposite in which he has life and he lives. So I just wanted to make that comment that, again, we're just kind of looking at what the Bible says. Um, I'm not trying to make any direct statements at this point, but... We're just kind of looking at the tone, yeah. and I think you said that well. Well, we've made this disclaimer multiple times on the Reformed Informants podcast. We haven't yet this episode, but the same hermeneutic mm-hmm. that we use for every episode, whether we're talking about God, um, whether we're talking about upcoming series, anthropology, homardiology, it, it, it doesn't matter the topic of discussion that we have going on. We're using the same hermeneutic. We're, we're applying the same principles whenever we interpret any scripture. That's the same when we're looking at this, is, this issue today, yeah. right? We're not trying to navigate around and use different pen, principles to draw out some sort of conclusion. The same approach That's is being right. used to this hot topic, to this to this issue that we would with attributes of God or anything else. That's right. That's good. Um, Okay. Examples of suicide in Scripture. Um, The actual positive, um, positive meaning successful um, suicide um, accounts. We have seven, depending on how maybe you might classify and characterize some of these, but let's just kind of run through these. You know, we'll try to do it fairly quickly. Um, I'll, ca- I'll catch the first two here in one story, and that's in 1 Samuel chapter 31. Now, there is a little bit of ambiguity with this according to uh, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Chronicles, different accounts, different perspectives um, speak of different instruments being used to accomplish this, but I think 1 Samuel captures the finality of Saul's life. And let me read these words uh, from 1 Samuel chapter 31. So the Philistines, this is verse 2, overtook Saul and his sons, and the Philistines struck down Jonathan and Abinadab and Malchishua, the sons of Saul. And the battle pressed hard against Saul, and the archers found him, and he was badly wounded by the archers. Now I think that that's why some of the other um, passages and other um, accounts might describe him as being killed in battle by these other uh, the Philistines, um, because they were the ones that actually struck him and wounded him. But verse 4 says that Saul said to his armor bearer, draw your sword and thrust me through with it, lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and mistreat me. In other words, he says, I don't want to die by the hands of these uh, filthy, uncircumcised enemies of God. So you do it. You go ahead and just end me. I'm going to die anyway. Just kill me. 
but his armor bearer would not, for he feared greatly. Therefore, Saul took his own sword and fell upon it. So it says that Saul looked around, saw he was going to die anyway, and he just took his own life. Now, verse 5 goes on to say that when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell upon his sword and died with him. So it says in verse 6, that Saul died and his three sons and his armor bearer and all his men on the same day together. So we have an account there of two different men who have committed suicide. Um, the first one, Saul does it um, because he doesn't want to die by the hand of somebody else. And so he wants to be the one that ultimately takes his own life. Um, although First Chronicles 10 describes God as having killed Saul. Uh, by the hands of his chosen instrument. Uh, but then Saul's armor bearer is afraid. And out of fear, he kills himself. And so we have two men who have died on the battlefield um, at this stage in Israel's uh, chastisement, you might say, by God. And so um, we've seen Saul and his armor bearer both commit suicide in this in this one scene. Any comments on that, or you want to go to the next, Man, next was, one? Yeah, okay. that was good. We can jump into the next one here. Ahithophel... In 2 Samuel chapter 17, verse 23, he is linked and connected to David and Absalom. And it appears that he was giving some advice or counsel to Absalom. And we're, we're told that Absalom either didn't follow exactly what he had said or what he had given the advice. And so clearly he was affected by it. But we read in 2 Samuel chapter 17, verse 23 that Ahithophel saw that his advice was not followed, the advice that he gave to Absalom. So Ahithophel saddled a donkey. He arose and went to his house, to his city. Then he put his household in order, hmm. and he hanged himself and died. And it says that he, then he was buried in his uh, father's tomb. Again, that's 2 Samuel chapter 17. So it seems as if this wasn't some off-the-cuff right. situation because he here. put his house in order yeah I, I think that the context there is revealing that oh absalom rejects his advice you know two minutes later he's committing suicide right. Well, he's got time to go to his household it says that he puts his household in order he, he arranges his household whatever he did those details right. are right they, they don't know they don't matter but it does give us insight here that he's rehearsing, he's thinking, he's deliberating, and uh, then then, yeah. then he kills himself. Right. This is not the impulsive battlefield decision maybe that we saw from Saul's armor bearer. This right. is, hey, I'm going to make sure my will has my the right people in it. I might write a note, whatever that means, yeah. to say he's putting his household in order, and then he hangs himself. Um, yeah, that's good. Zimri, um, in First Kings chapter 16, he, he reigns for seven days. And in uh, 1 Kings 16, uh, verse 16, it says, Therefore all Israel made Omri, the commander of the army, king over Israel that day in the camp. So Omri went up from Gibbethon, and all Israel with him, and they besieged Tirzah. And when Zimri saw that the city was taken, he went into the citadel of the king's house, and he burned the king's house over him with fire, and he died. Because of his sins that he committed, doing evil in the sight of the Lord, walking in the way of Jeroboam, and for his sin which he committed, making Israel to sin. So here, uh, Zimri just kind of bails. He doesn't want to deal with anything, and he lights um, the uh, the citadel of the king's house on fire, and he burns the house down with him and dies there in the flames. Um, let me talk about the other two, and you can come back to... To this one here. So there's okay. there's yeah, two yeah. in the book of Judges. Um, Abimelech in Judges chapter 9. Remember, he's the one who uh, runs up to the tower and has the uh, millstone that is dropped on his head from a woman. And he was not excited about the thought of dying by the hand of a woman. So he says to his armor bearer again, draw your sword and kill me, lest they save me. A woman killed him. And this young man thrust him through, and he died. And so that's Judges chapter 9. Um, that is probably an example of what we would call assisted suicide. Um, but again, kind of the same idea. I don't. I want to take this into my life and, or into my hands. And, um, and then, of course, uh, 
the the last two are two much more familiar texts. Um, the one I'll mention is from Judges 16. This is Samson, um, and we might remember uh, Samson is um, in the house with all the men, and and he's he asks for um, one last feat of strength, and he with all his strength he pushes the the columns, and the the house fell upon all that were in it, and that he died there in the middle of the rubble. So it's kind of a um, suicidal kamikaze effort there at the end of his life to kill um, his enemies, uh, but he died um, at the same time, and so he the building collapsed. And um, there's this self-sacrifice that happens in that moment. Um, that's Judges chapter 16. And Lance, maybe the most famous suicide in Scripture uh, that we can we can look at. Where would you take us for that? Yeah, the most recognizable, the most famous one is, of course, going to be Judas Iscariot. Uh, we've got accounts in the Gospels and uh, the book of Acts that describe uh, his suicide. We're told in Matthew 27. Uh, Acts chapter 1, um, that after he betrayed Christ, uh, he felt uh, remorse. Uh, Notice it never mentions repentance, but he felt remorse. He felt bad for his actions. Um, And and then we're told specifically here in Matthew chapter 27, uh, verse 5, that he threw down the 30 pieces of silver that he had received for betraying Christ. And then it says he went and hanged himself. Acts, Acts chapter 21 uh, kind of details that situation a little bit more than Matthew does there. Uh, but again, yeah, most recognizable case probably in right. all, all of Scripture because of its uh, close proximity to the life of Jesus and you know Jesus' death and resurrection and yeah. those things. Right. Um, okay, so before we answer the next question about what can we say— about about this we want to try to answer a couple of questions but before we do that i'm again going to ask how would you describe the tone of the men who are depicted here as killing themselves as taking their own lives that kind of thing what would how would you kind of describe overall what do you see yeah i would say exactly what i what i said earlier um it's there's always negative undertones. There's um, uh, the context is never allowing for uh, a positive interpretation or a positive light or really anything good mm-hmm. on the situation. Yeah. Um, or what would you add to yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, you could make the case, I suppose, with Samson. Uh, because of Hebrews chapter 11, you could talk about that being some kind of noble, um, on his way out the door type of self-sacrifice. Um, but with the others, and again, that one's even a little bit gray, but with the others, especially the ones who put their house in order, the ones who, um, I, I don't want to deal with what's coming my way, and so I'm just going to take my own life. Those are There's always a negative undertone to it. There's always something, either sin is associated with the actions uh, around their lives or with um, th- their memory in Scripture. They are never characterized as heroes or as godly men um, whom we should emulate, rather there's there's just kind of a negative yeah. connection to it. Now I don't again I'm and not that, trying to say anything more than that, but yeah, and that's not that, that's not eisegesis. There, we're not reading that right. tone onto the text. But I mean, if you just take the text at face value, like we've been doing for for months now on this podcast, that that is that's what you draw out of it. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned, and I'm glad you did because again, we want to address those issues or any issue that we can. On, on the podcast, but Samson here, he, yeah, he is mentioned in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, I, I think, and you also said, you know, there's kind of some gray spots with Samson, and I, I would agree with that. Uh, he's the anomaly in this situation, Yeah, I think. He, yeah. He, he's the anomaly. But even in the Old Testament narrative, when it's not painted necessarily in a positive light. We really don't understand that until we get to Hebrews chapter 11. Right, and Um, you could argue, in fact, I would argue that Samson is the greatest failure of all the judges. Right. I mean, you get to the, he's the final judge. He has the most 
uh, gifting, the most potential, and he is the most rebellious and selfish, and, and he's just, he's a terrible leader for Israel. And he's painted in that picture, and his life is a tailspin that culminates in one last Samson-like act. Right, yeah. You know? That's and so a good way to it, put it. kind of yeah. captures his whole life. And so there's... There's, it's not like Samson lives this pure, holy, godly, righteous life, and then at the end he's for, his hand is forced and he uh, had no. Like it's in fact it's the opposite. Like you could argue that that's um, th- that that act at the end of his life kind of is a microcosm of his whole life. It's it's a failure to do what he was called to do, and a a um, it's indicative of how far off of God's intended purpose that Israel had gone. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to make that general observation just because I, I've, I read an article this week that, that tried to suggest that suicide in the Bible is honorable, and it was always puffed up. And I just I, I want to reject that and say um, the undertones, the, the surrounding context, the overall uh, meta-narrative of Scripture seems to say the opposite. Yeah. So yeah, It's not like the book of Judges has the most positive tone, you know, rolling throughout every chapter. Although there is some of that mixed in there. Right. But that general cycle of rebellion yeah, the whole, just the whole takes point. over the book. Yeah. Right. The whole point is to say the opposite. So, okay, so let's let's try to... There are certain things that we can't say, and there are certain things that we can. What can we say, according to the Bible, about suicide? I think we can start kind of where we started the episode, that suicide is tragic. It's, it's a tragedy. It's devastating. Um, it gratefully impacts so many people. Um, so I, I think that we need to admit that, and I think that's how the Scripture portrays it and how yep. the Scripture reveals it. It is a tragic situation. It, it involves the death of a human being. Hmm. And anytime you see the death of a human being involved, it is a serious matter. Like we talk about an upcoming series. Well, that should be our next episode, I believe, The Image of God coming up. So, Yeah, because suicide is, it's the murder of of an image bearer. Hmm. Um, It's a serious issue because of that. So, yes, it's absolutely tragic in our eyes, and I think it's tragic in God's eyes as well. Well, that's good, and I think you mentioned uh, rightly, how many people are affected by it. And that's what, I mean, suicide is a tragedy because it is the the, the scars and the pain and the devastation for that never goes away. Right. Um, and, uh, and and so, yeah, tra- I think tragedy and and the fact that it's tragic, I think that's the best word to capture what um, what really happens in suicide. It, it, is, it is a tragedy um, that that would happen because ultimately – other things are leading a person to do that, whether it's depression and clinical, um, you know, in chemical imbalances in their brain, or whether it's um, outside oppression or fear or um, environmental causes, whatever's going on, there's something deeper that's causing somebody to act in this way. And it's just, it's, it's, it's indicative of a fallen world that we live in. And it's, tr- it's, it's truly tragic. Yeah. And that, um, I mean, that brings us to the, the next point that we, must yeah. discuss. Um, yeah, in, not, in this not episode. our favorite thing to say, but we have to say it. Yeah, and, and this is um, r- really the, the point in the episode where uh, we don't want you to shut the episode down, turn it off. We want you to keep listening here because we're, we're ultimately building up to identifying. Uh, what Scripture specifically says about it, mm-hmm. uh, and and the Scripture makes it clear that suicide is sinful. Yeah, it it it, it is a sin. Um, so TJ, take us to a, a couple texts to kind of get the ball rolling um, on identifying suicide as a sin and recognizing that it is a sin, and that we categorically must leave it as a sin no matter the tragedy, no matter the emotion involved and, mm-hmm. and, and those things. Well, uh, we've already kind of mentioned the first one, the image of God in man. I, I, you know, we, we talked about how it's a, um, a disregard or a murder for somebody who bears the image. Um, even taking one's own life is a, is a removal of the image of God from the earth. And so we've talked about this uh, from Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, Genesis 9, um, that... That idea is repeated in verses 5 and 6, that the image of God is what 
brings value to the human mm. race, right? And we've talked about the, um, and of course it'll keep coming up in our upcoming series and the one that we're in right now um, on anthropology and dealing with who humanity is, and that's what sets us apart. And and so there's there's a weight that comes to that. Um, so suicide is a removal, just like any other t- type of murder or any other type of of act that that takes away life. Um, that's the opposite. God is the life giver, and to commit suicide is to be a life taker. And we, we would reject that and believe that the Bible is clear in regards to the sin that is attached to that. Um, what, where else might you go? Yeah, I mean, you're spot on with that. We can go back to the Ten Commandments, and suicide is a violation of commandment number six found in Exodus chapter 20, uh, dealing with murder. Um, you already touched on suicide disregarding the image of God, and I, I think that's more developed, like you said, in our anthropology series. So make sure you listen to those episodes so you can really get the full scope of, uh, of what we're saying there. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 uh, yeah, talks about doing everything uh, for the glory of God. That's the context of the passage. Suicide is poor stewardship of one's body. That's good. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verses 19 and 20 touches on this, um, but it deals with the body being a temple of the Holy Spirit. Um and therefore, in your body, you need to glorify God. You've been given that body. That's every human being that's in existence has received that body uh, directly from the, yeah. the goodness of God. And then we've talked about this before as well, but that every believer in Christ has been bought with a price. And so we are our bodies belong to Christ twice over, yeah. not only in the fact that he's created us, but also that he has purchased us and he's purchased all of us in our humanity. And so we owe that to him. So the argument that we can do whatever we want with our bodies because our bodies are our own is a completely unfounded truth um, because scripture says the opposite, that we are, I think that's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would, I would also mention, we, we've kind of touched on this already, but a um, suicide is a rebellion against God's sovereignty. It's a rejection of God's sovereign um, plan and God's sovereign um, activity in the in the in this world. And we we talked about this with the divine decrees, and we talked about the providence of God. That God is ultimately the author and the sustainer of life. In Job twelve, uh, verse ten, he says, "In His hand is the life of every living thing mm. and the breath of all mankind." And to commit suicide is to attempt to reach into the hand of God and pull your life out. To say, "I no longer want my life to be." Um, in God's hands. I'm going to take it into my own. And that's that in and of itself, by its very nature, is sinful because it is a rejection. Uh, it's placing ourselves on the throne and not God. And so by that standard, we would have to say that suicide um, is necessarily a sin. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what would you say regarding suicide demonstrating a misdirected love yeah what, what, what do you mean what do you mean by that well man this is we want to be careful we don't want to be insensitive um, but many times the mindset or at least the expressed mindset of somebody contemplating suicide is this world would be better off without me or I don't want my family to suffer anymore because of the in, the pain that I bring them or the drama or the heartache or whatever. Maybe I have physical ailments and the medical bills are piling up. And you know what? It'd just be easier if I just mm. ended it. And what that looks like on the outside is, oh, you love your family so much that you would take your life. But it's actually the opposite because what might seem like an expression of love is really uh, what you're doing is you're injuring those people, the people that care the most about you are the ones that suffer the most. Mm. And so it, it's misdirected in the sense that, and and again, I have to be, I want to be careful, but suicide is inherently selfish. It is, I am going to take this because I don't want to suffer anymore. And it might appear as if, or be rationalized to the point of saying, I'm uh, helping others but the others are the ones that are left to pick up the pieces. Mm. And so I would say it's misdirected love in that sense that, that suicide is, is an out that you no longer 
the person who commits suicide no longer has to deal with and rather the people who are left behind the ones who love that person are the ones that have to struggle through that um man that's good i mean it's, man, it's, I'm hard, glad it's a hard truth that. it's a hard truth but that's what's going on and yeah, again good. We, we don't want to be insensitive sure so on that note let me ask you for the person who is suffering and says look i'm suffering so greatly that everybody around me is suffering isn't it better for me to go ahead and do this so that we the suffering can stop or at least be minima, minimized? How would you respond to that from the biblical perspective? Yeah, man, I love, I, I love how you ended that question. Um, how would you respond with a biblical perspective? And, and, and this is the issue here. We're addressing this from a biblical perspective. Um, and suicide overlooks the value of suffering. Mm. Um, believers all throughout Scripture are called to suffer with Christ. Um, uh, my pastor, has, he's said before, make use of the opportunity uh, to suffer. In, in other words, he, he doesn't mean you know, pursue it, just go find ways to suffer. But, but, but he says, when you're going through a difficult time, when you are suffering, when there are trials and tribulations, mm. make use of it. Yeah. Because ultimately there's a purpose that God is doing in, in the midst of that. That's right. I know you've got some scriptures that you're about to read here. Is that on for this point or the next one? No, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking along with you. I mean, Romans chapter 5 um, yeah, you want me to read that one? Yeah, I'm, yeah, if you got that pulled yeah, up. Yeah, Romans 5, verse 3, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. So here in Paul's train of thought here, Tribulation produces perseverance, and this perseverance builds character, and this character is now building and producing hope. There, there's a there's a chain of events. That's there's right. a chain of uh, spiritual growth and sanctification that comes that maybe only suffering can produce. That's right. Well, I think of Paul's words in Second Corinthians chapter four. He says, do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Listen to this. For this light, momentary affliction. Um, Paul knew something about serious affliction, right? He knew, we've, we've talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, mm-hmm. the beatings he faced, the hardships, the shipwreck, um, the thorn in his flesh, the persecution, the imprisonment, all of the things, and in even tasting death, um, Paul knew that, and he still called it a light momentary affliction because that light momentary affliction is preparing for for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. That preparation comes in the struggle. Mm. And the person who doesn't view the value of that suffering... Now, listen, I know people who suffer far greater than I do. Um, I know that in, in this life... To this stage, I have not suffered the way many saints of Christ have. Um, but I also know that the, the suffering is the time in which those people would never, ever trade. They would say those moments of weakness for me are the, the points when I felt the closest to Christ. Mm. And so the point being that when we run from suffering, when we say we don't want to suffer anymore, we're rejecting God's purposes and plans that prepare us for an eternal weight of glory. Mm. Um, and that there's there's a rejection of that hope. And so we want to push back and say, when the suffering gets great, when the suffering becomes unbearable, you, you lean into the cross. You lean into that gospel. Yeah, yeah well, you mentioned Second Corinthians 4. And you mentioned chapter 12 as well, just to kind of piggyback on that. In, in chapter 12, Paul's talking about uh, the negative onslaught that he's receiving from probably false teachers and people trying to discredit his ministry. Um, and that's mentioned in verses really 7 and 8 of chapter 12. Then Paul goes on, um, 
in verse 10 to say, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Mm. I mean, it's during those times where Paul was just enamored and beat down spiritually. Well, not, not necessarily spiritually speaking, but physically speaking, yeah. I should say. Um, but he was at his strongest when he knew he had to rely upon Christ in those difficult times. That's right. In those sufferings. That's right. And we could go on. I think in the interest of time, I want us to, to shift gears and ask one more question before we wrap up. But um, we could go on and talk about the other um, aspects of this, which make suicide to be sinful. Um, you know, the, the fact that it, it um, equates death with freedom and that's the opposite you know death is unnatural it's a uh, we we could go on and on and talk about this but but really the point is that we want to say suicide is tragic and suicide is sin um now we can say those things what can we not say um you and i i i shouldn't say you and i because i don't know 100 percent that you would say this but i think confidently that i can speak generally both for us and for Christians, we want to know answers. We want to know if this happens, if X happens, why is the result? If we see these things, we know this person is in heaven. If we see these things, we know this person is in hell. We want those answers because I think we want that security for ourselves. Um, So the question that was prompted to me, is Jared Wilson or anybody who commits suicide in heaven or in hell? How do we answer that question? What can we not say? Well, we cannot definitively make a call on that. Okay. Um, And that goes back to where we started the episode. You and I, we do not know the heart of that individual. We just don't know the heart. We don't have the capacity to know the spiritual condition. You could really say of all people. Right. um, But even in these situations... We don't have the capacity. We are not omniscient. We, we do not know. We, we, just, we just do not know. So I think that it is unwise to just start making determinations for people uh, on, yeah. the, on the issue. Well, let me ask this question to you because I've seen both. I have seen blog posts and discussions that have zeroed in and said, Jared Wilson and anybody else who commits suicide is in hell. How would well, you respond to that person? My, my response would be uh, John chapter 8 when Jesus says to a group of Pharisees, I'm going away and you will seek me, and where I go you cannot come. The reaction by the Pharisees were, or was, well, I can't go where Jesus is going to go. Jesus is going to kill himself. They didn't believe in Jesus there mm-hmm. in the context. Um. So Jesus says, "Look, I'm going somewhere. You're you're not going there." So their initial reaction was, "Oh, well, Jesus is definitely going to hell, which means he's going to kill himself." Mm. They had already established what they thought of his heart uh, from the beginning, and their assumption was, "Oh, uh, well, anybody that commits suicide is going to hell." Mm. But but the, but that wasn't based off of any biblical text that mm-hmm. was just based, based off of uh, uh, their tradition and um, their elitists because, yeah, definitely right. everyone that commits suicide is going to hell. That, that was their approach to it. I don't know if I answered that. Yeah, so you would say absolutely not, that you can't, you can't say that just because somebody commits suicide, they're definitely going to hell. You, you cannot say that. The Jews were doing that, and, and they were wrong okay, for doing yeah. that. I'm saying right. we cannot do that. Yeah, because— so is is suicide the unpardonable sin? Well, absolutely not. Okay. In any sin is um is is not outside the grasp of Jesus there and grace. Is. There it because is. Because not only are you forgiven for past sins and sins that you're currently committing listening to this podcast, but you're also forgiven for future sins. Um so it is possible for the last thing that you do in your life, suicide, which is sinful, if you're really in Christ, there's forgiveness in That's that. That's right. 
That's right. Know? So I, I would agree with that, that we would lean into the gospel. We would talk about Romans 8, uh, that nothing, um, for I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor yeah. ro- you know, all of this, yeah, nothing yeah. can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Like, yes, you're exactly right. That just because suicide or any other sin that you may commit right before you die, that does not negate the power of the gospel. But I also want to say this. We cannot definitively and comfortably state that a person who intentionally takes their own life is certainly blissfully in heaven. Right. And I've seen that case made, too. This says Jared Wilson, based on all these things in his life, we know he's in heaven. Well, we, we don't know. Right. And the reason I would say that is that um, a person who actively chooses a high level of rebellion to selfishly take their own life, that is exhibiting behavior that's contrary to the fruit of the Spirit. And so I would say, let, let me ask it this way, for a person who would make that, that case, I would say, what if you see a person who plots out for weeks or months or years at a time says, I'm going to go kill somebody else. And they go and they put the, now they're in Christ, they're a believer, they've got, but they have something going on and they put all of this stuff together. They go out and they commit murder and they come home that night and they are sitting down to eat dinner. Would you say in that moment, that person is definitely confident of their salvation? Right. I wouldn't be. Right. You know, and so based on those same principles, we have to say, Ooh, there's there's a little discomfort there, which is why I think when we consider the weight of suicide, we say that's not an out. I don't want to commit suicide to rush me to heaven. Um, in fact, that would say if my heart is wanting to do that, then my heart is off somewhere. Right? Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what we want, what we want to do is remove the situation. We, you know, we don't. We don't want to come across uh, suicide in relation with the gospel. In other words, if you truly repented in Christ, we don't want this to be part of the same equation. Mm. We, Paul says to live is Christ, right? Um, to live yeah, is Christ. Yeah, mm. yeah absolutely. Um, okay, man. Cl- closing thoughts. But how would you how would you wrap it up? Um, anything that you would want to say? Um, just kind of thinking through this, kind of last last ditch summary thoughts, quotes, anything like that. Is this the initiative or before? Sure. Yeah. Um, if, maybe if you're well, new listening to this, we do something at the end of every episode called the Informants Initiative. This is just a, our, our takeaway. Uh, how do we how do we now take this? that we've thought about from Scripture, and how do we apply it to real life? How do we think through those things? Yeah, I think I would just end where we started talking about this issue being a serious matter, and we need to take it serious, and we, we, need, to, we need to let it resonate with us that, that this is a major issue that requires a major biblical response. Mm. And... We, we want the mind of Christ and we want the mind of God to be brought forth on every issue, no matter the sensitivity, no matter the difficulty, um, no matter the situation or circumstance, and no matter how much emotion and tears and pain and crying may be involved, we want the mind of Christ and the mind of God mm. to speak on it. Because you mentioned it earlier in the episode that we're wanting to frame and build a biblical worldview. Well, this is part of it. Unfortunately, this issue is part of it. So let's have a biblical worldview when we face it. Yeah. And and, and point people towards the gospel. If we don't have a biblical worldview on it, then there's no room for the gospel. If we do have a biblical worldview, the gospel is right in the middle of this. That's right. So, yeah, that's good. Um, for me, I would say I would say there's two things I'd want to state. Um, number one, I want to encourage us, um, all of us, ourselves included, uh, included, uh, to refrain from speculating or making definitive statements about the eternal Man, eternal destiny. Right? Like, that's like good. I don't want to get on this podcast and say I know where Jared Wilson or I know where uh, John and Jane Doe are because they committed suicide. I don't. 
Um, and I'm going to leave that into the hands of the good and righteous and holy and just and loving and merciful and gracious God. Yep. Um, a God who is far greater than me and who knows and who is perfect. And um, we can we can trust and place our hope in that and not in anything, any type of speculation. Uh, and then secondly, I would say this, that suicide is never the answer. Um, suicide is not, um, choosing sin is never the right approach. Um, it's never the answer. That's a rejection of the hope of the gospel. And I would say, I know what suffering is like, um, not because I've endured it um, firsthand to the degree that many others have, but because I'm watching others that I love tremendously, um, very close to me, who are suffering. And suffering is real and it can be severe, but there's hope that far outweighs it. And it's preparing us, it's preparing us, it's preparing us for that eternal weight of glory. And that preparation is oh so precious. And so I would say that hope that we have is in this season of struggle um, to point us, as you mentioned so perfectly, back to that gospel. And that's where we have to land. That's good. And any, any closing thoughts? Anything else we need to say? We're going to have to get out the pulpit. I know, man. We're going to have to raise up the pulpit if we keep going here. Yeah. No, that was good, man. Appreciate you. Hey, likewise. Um, If you've stuck with us to this point, maybe if you're new, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. We're on iTunes. We're the Reformed Informants. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, We also have Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. You can like us there, Reformed Informants, or Instagram and Twitter. We're R underscore informants. And as always, you can find links to all of our social media platforms, any of our previous episodes, all our new series, all those things are taking place at our website at www.themagistiesmen.com slash reformed informants. Yeah, if you have any questions or suggestions for topics of discussion, you can always reach out to us at reformedinformants at gmail.com.